how wonderful a time we've had with you folks and how much I appreciate the way you worship and magnify the Lord. And uh, these that have helped during the course of the services with leading the services, uh, different ones of you have led songs during the course of the revival. And I appreciate the sincerity and the anointing with which you do that. Amen. It makes such a big difference when you have the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon you. Amen. And certainly to your pastor and his wife who have been so wonderfully hospitable to us, which, uh, uh, which means a lot. The more you travel, uh, the more experiences you have that maybe not as good as the one we've had these last few weeks. And we really appreciate the kindness that's been shown to us and uh, appreciate the good friendship that is developing. Isaiah 10 and 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke shall uh, his yoke from off thy neck not only will it be taken off but read the rest of the scripture it says and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing hallelujah the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing i'll tell you what it is it's the anointing i'll tell you what it is it's the anointing. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what it is. It's the anointing. I wonder if you put your Bibles down, lift up your hands to the Lord, and thank Him for His Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Leave the house of the Lord this evening. We submit ourselves to you. Have your way tonight, Lord God. I promise to pour everything I have into this tonight, Lord Jesus. We're going to worship you and give you glory and praise and honor. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The Bible is full of references to yokes principle and the concept of a yoke is clearly revealed all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. Those of you who are familiar with uh, old-fashioned farming know that a yoke is the large and heavy piece of wood that goes upon the neck of an ox or a team of oxen to restrict their movement and to control them. And so that when the yoke is placed upon the neck of the oxen, at that point they become in service to the person who has placed the yoke upon their necks. The yoke is a type and a principle and a concept of bondage. It's a type of servitude. It's a type of submission. And it's a type of domination by some other party or some other entity. It's a familiar farmer's term, term that illustrates one relationship to another. The yoke re reveals the relationship of the farmer to the ox. The farmer is the one that has placed the, the, the yoke upon the neck of the ox, and the ox is the one that has received the yoke. An ox that has a yoke upon its neck is trapped and restricted and confined and forced into servitude. It can't do what it desires any longer. If it wants to go off in a green meadow and eat grass, it doesn't have that option because the yoke has been placed upon its neck. It cannot control its direction. It cannot 
control its purpose and it cannot control its activity any longer. It is now controlled by the one who has placed the yoke upon him, that being the farmer. The one who places the yoke upon the neck has assumed control and dominance over whatever has been yoked. When Jesus talks in the New Testament, he makes a couple of references to the yoke that he had to offer. The fact of the matter is, when you become a child of God, when you're born into the kingdom of God and make the decision and the determination to live for God, you are no longer your own. Because now you belong to someone else. You have surrendered everything. You have surrendered your life and you have placed your neck under the yoke of Jesus voluntarily. Now you don't control and determine and decide what you're going to do, where you're going to go, how you're going to live your life because you've made the choice to give up your own life for the Lord. Hallelujah. That you may gain it. The Bible says if you lose your own life for His sake, then ye shall gain it. Jesus refers to his yoke as being easy and the burden that he had to offer as being light. And I've heard people different times at different points complain about the yoke that Jesus had to offer. About the fact that their life was now somewhat restricted by the word of God and by service to the kingdom of God. I need to tell you this evening that if you chafe under the yoke that Jesus has to offer, you probably never have experienced the yoke that the enemy will place upon your neck if he's given the slightest bit of an opportunity. Because when you compare the yoke of the master with the yoke of the enemy, you find right quick that the yoke of the master is light hallelujah and that which Jesus will place upon you is not a heavy burden compared to what sin and the enemy of this world will place upon your neck do I have any people in the house of the Lord tonight that believes that the yoke of the Lord is easy and the yoke of the enemy is is uh, grievous the yoke of the devil the enemy of our soul is cruel it's tight and it's grievous. The English language does not have sufficient words to describe the horrible nature of the enemy's cruel bondage and the way that he controls lives. People living in the world people living far from God, not under the power of God's Spirit, assume that they are in control of their own destiny. But in fact, they have surrendered themselves over to the enemy of this world. And they find themselves bound by a yoke of bondage and a yoke of iniquity that manifests itself in various ways. It may be an addiction to something of this world. It may be a life that's full of pain and sorrow. But the devil's yoke, I'm here to tell you, is different. It's painful and it's grievous. You don't believe it? I've never been, but maybe you've never even known what it's like to be slave to a bottle. Maybe you don't know what it's like to be a slave to a cigarette. A person who sits there and smokes away and declares, Oh yeah, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm living life the way I want to live my life. 
I'm not making fun. I'm not poking fun. But I want you to understand that when you think in a situation like that, that you're in control of your life, the opposite of the truth, uh, the opposite of the fact is the truth. You're not in control because there is a higher or if you would a lower power that has control over you. Maybe you've never been, maybe you've never been a slave to pornography. Maybe you've never been a slave to cocaine or fear or spiritual oppression or depression or hatred or any other type of sin. But if you have ever experienced the yoke of the enemy, you know that the yoke of the Lord is light. Hallelujah. And that his burden is easy. Because people all over the world this evening, people all over this community this evening, are under the bondage of the enemy. There may even be people in the house tonight that came into the house of the Lord struggling. Struggling with some addiction. Struggling with some habit. Struggling with something you've been trying to do away with for a while, but you found that the yoke of the enemy is very binding and grievous. You desire to do good, but as Paul said, the good that I would, I do not because there is a law of sin that is working in my members. There's people all over this community tonight that are bound by the power of sin and by the power of addiction and by the power of iniquity. They don't control their own destiny. They're not marking their own path but they are under subjection to the power of the yoke of the enemy. The devil has many grievous yokes that he has slipped around the necks of many of his subjects. But there's one thing that I'm glad to know. There's one thing that causes my spirit to rejoice. And that is, I know there is power through Jesus Christ to not only to remove any yoke that the enemy has placed upon any neck, but the power is in the name of Jesus and then the Spirit of God to destroy, not only to take it off, but to totally demolish so that it's not even recognizable anymore. That yoke which once had you bound, which once controlled your destiny, which once controlled every action, now it is lifted off of you and destroyed by the power of God. Does anybody have a testimony of the yoke lifting power of God's Spirit? The burly, gruff, deep-voiced warrior sauntered out onto the battlefield as he did every day. He opened up his mouth and from his lips and enormous teeth begin to bellow a deep baritone voice as he gave forth the cry as he'd given every day. Send me a man that I may fight. Send someone to lock in battle with me. If this person is victorious and is an overcomer, then me and my people will be servants unto you. However, if I am victorious, then you and all of your people will be subject unto the Philistines. And what happened? The Israelites shivered. They shook. They quivered. They hid behind the trees. They found a place as the voice began to bellow where they could sit and just quiver. Even the great king, head and shoulders above everyone else, the one who was a great warrior, trained for many years, didn't have the guts to stand up and to fight that enemy that 
bellowed out threats to God's people. Hallelujah. To the children of Israel. Let me tell you something about Goliath. He had placed a yoke upon the children of Israel. Now they were restricted. Now they were bound by fear. Now they couldn't go out and lock in battle as they had before because the intimidation of the enemy had placed a yoke of restriction upon the necks of all of these great warriors as they shook and shivered. They couldn't have pulled out their sword and fight it fought if they wanted to because the yoke of the enemy was so tight and grievous upon their necks. You can believe it or you cannot, but there was a yoke placed upon the entirety of Israel because of this one man who bellowed out threats of intimidation and caused everyone to be fearful and intimidated and the battle was stopped there was no more warfare that went on God's kingdom was not furthered at all because the yoke had been placed by Goliath but what was it what was it about the young lad that made his way out into the battlefield he didn't have armor on he didn't have a sword and he didn't have a spear but this young fair and ruddy lad reached down and picked up five smooth stones and with a sling he faced that giant hallelujah that giant who had been trained since his youth to destroy and to defeat but little David hallelujah a little shepherd boy that had never been in a skirmish or a battle to this point walked there fearlessly to face the giant and we know the story well he placed the stone in the sling began to swing it over his head and when he let go that stone went as true and as clear right to the forehead of Goliath and this mighty giant fell flat David took his own sword and took off his head. What a wonderful victory. What a glorious and overcoming uh, demonstration of the power of God. But I, I need to tell you, it was more than just one victory in hand-to-hand -hand combat. This was more than just David versus Goliath. But something began to happen throughout the entire kingdom of Israel. And those people who had been fearful, those people who had been intimidated, those people who had the yoke of bondage upon their necks, the yoke was destroyed and the yoke was broken. And then they pulled out their swords. Then they began to pursue. Then they they put the enemy to flight and a great victory was won by Israel that day. By because the yoke was broken from off of the army's neck. What was it that brought about Israel's victory? What was it that caused Davis, David to be victorious that day? Was it his skill? Was it because he'd been practicing so often and making sure that he was able to throw the stone so well? Was it because of David's faith in God? Was it because the hand of God was there directing the stone and causing it to sink into the forehead of the giant? Was it because of David's relationship to God through worship? I'm sure that all of these things had something to do with the fact that David was victorious that day. But I'm here to tell you what it was that really made the difference in that battle.
battle. The fact of the matter was just a few weeks prior to that, there was an old gray-haired prophet with a white beard that made his way into the household where David's family lived. He took a horn of anointing oil. He took the top of it. He took the cork away. And he took that oil and began to pour it down upon a little fair and ruddy lad named David. And the oil of the anointing began to flow upon his head, went down upon his cheeks, began to collect around his collar and his back and his chest. And the anointing of God was placed upon understand that it was more than just olive oil that flowed down his face, his neck and his shoulders and back it was more than just a compilation of, of chemicals that was poured upon him but when the anointing came upon him the spirit of the Lord because God had told Samuel this is the one I want you to anoint and when the anointing oil flowed more than just an anointing of a liquid there was an anointing of the Holy Ghost that came upon God's chosen one that would be king of Israel and from that point forward hallelujah everything that David did he did it with a supernatural power of God why because the anointing of the spirit had been released upon him and the anointing had been granted to him so when David faced Goliath when he walked out there that day it was more than just a little Hebrew lad a young teenager from the land of Israel this was an anointed man of God and Goliath's days of dominating Israel and keeping a yoke of bondage upon God's people were over why because there was an anointed young man and everybody knows hallelujah that it's the anointing that's able to destroy the yoke tell you what it is it's the anointing I tell you what it is it's the anointing does anybody believe that tonight I tell you what it is it's the anointing that's why miracles take place in the house of the Lord. I'll tell you what it is. It's the anointing. That's why people are delivered from alcohol addiction. That's why people put down cigarettes. That's why people are delivered from a life of perversion. I'll tell you what it is. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's the power of God's Spirit that's able to break every yoke of bondage. Does anybody believe what I'm saying tonight? It's the yoke of bondage that will be broken by the Spirit of God and by the anointing. Tell you what it is, it's the anointing. The anointing that makes the difference. That's why when David played the harp, the chamber of King Saul, the oppressive evil spirits that had been released upon Saul to torment him in the night, those evil spirits, when David began to play beautifully upon the harp, he wasn't saying anything, he wasn't rebuking any enemy. But just playing upon the harp. And what does the Bible says? Those evil spirits began to leave Saul and left the place where he was. And there came a spirit of peace upon them. You know what it was? It wasn't that David was the best harp player around. He may have been, and I'm sure he was quite skillful. But I don't know of any talent that can cause evil spirits to leave. But there was something that rested upon David that night. And that something was the anointing of God's spirit. That oil that had poured down over his head and over his shoulders. And when King David, the little boy 
that was not yet king walked into the room and began to play something emanated forth from that instrument more than beautiful music. There was the power of the Holy Ghost that has power to break the bondage of sin and break every yoke of the enemy. I'll tell you what it was. It was the anointing. Jesus walked amongst men. When Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, lived in this world, everywhere he went, he was delivering people. Everywhere he went, sickness and disease was thwarted. Everywhere that Jesus showed himself, his glory was manifest. Hallelujah. And evil spirits. You could talk to them all day long, but when Jesus came in and said, leave, and immediately those spirits had to find another dwelling place, whatever it might be. Do you know what it was? I'll tell you what the difference was. It was the anointing of God's spirit. He was not a man like any other man, but he was divine. And you know what Jesus did on earth more than all the miracles, more than all the great signs? The greatest thing that Jesus did was he lifted the yoke of iniquity and the yoke of bondage that the enemy had so successfully slipped around the neck of mankind where for generation after generation after generation, man had been bound by iniquity and bound by sin. But Jesus was the one that stepped into earth and when he made his appearance on the theater of mankind he was crucified hallelujah he died he was buried and he rose again but when he rose again he had all power of heaven and earth and the keys to death hell and the grave up to that point there was no liberty from sin there was no washing away of sin that bitter and grievous yoke of bondage was laid upon the neck of every child that was born. That yoke of sin that would never be lifted. That heavy burden of iniquity that would never be lifted. But it was Jesus, hallelujah, that destroyed the yoke and broke that yoke of bondage forever. Hallelujah. When the master died upon a cross. Anybody feel good about this tonight? Have we got, there we go, we've got some juice now. If you can't get excited about what the Lord has done for you, I could stand on my head and do cartwheels and there'd be nothing that'll turn you on. You need to understand that the Lord broke every bondage of sin. He broke every fetter. He loosed us from the bondage of sin when he died on a rugged cross. There's nothing else that should cause us to be more excited than the fact that we have been born again by the power of God's Spirit. And now that heavy burden and that yoke of iniquity has been broken and destroyed and lifted off of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why did it happen? Why was Jesus able to do it? You know, we refer to Jesus as Jesus Christ. Some of you may not know this, but Christ was not his last name. His daddy wasn't Joseph Christ. Christ was not his last name. But Christ was a term that was affixed to Jesus that simply means 
the anointed one hallelujah and whatever Jesus did he didn't do of his own power and of his own ability but he did it because the anointing of the spirit of God was upon him hallelujah and if you're going to make a difference if I'm going to make a difference in this world you know what it's going to take it's not going to take talent it's not going to take ability it's not going to take good looks it's not going to take eloquence but what it takes is the anointing of the Holy Ghost because that's what will destroy the yoke that's what will grant us victory through Jesus Christ our Lord hallelujah anointing of the Holy Ghost in our life comes through the Spirit of God it's the anointing that has the power to destroy any yoke of the enemy and if you don't have the Holy Ghost then you can't break any yoke you can try on your own power with your own ability but if you don't have the infilling of the Holy Ghost you're not going to break any yokes in anybody's life you're not going to make a difference in your family. You're not going to make a difference in anybody else's life. Even though you try with all you got, the only thing that breaks the yoke is the power of the anointing of God's Spirit. The only thing that will break the yoke is the Holy Ghost. Hey, you know what? I know God told me to preach this tonight. Somebody's going to get deliverance in the house of the Lord tonight, whether you believe it or not, because the Lord confirmed it to me. God's power and His anointing is going to be unleashed upon this house. And there is going to be liberty. There's going to be deliverance through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Tell you what it is. Tell you what it is. It's the anointing. That's why you can come into a church service. You know, even in church services, the devil will try to place a yoke upon us. What is he trying to do? He's trying to control. That's what a yoke is all about. It's about controlling the destiny and the actions and putting something under its servitude. The devil don't want to have us to have a Holy Ghost breakout tonight. I know that he doesn't want us to do that. So what he tries to do is when you're not looking, or if you're carnal, he tries to slip a yoke upon your neck so that you can't get victory in the Holy Ghost. And you can come to a Holy Ghost service, apostolic, Pentecostal, preaching the truth and everything. And you can sit there and not get an ounce of victory. Not get any of the joy of the Spirit in your side of you. You can just go through the motions and leave and wonder why you even came to church. You know why? Because the devil slipped a yoke of bondage upon your neck. You know, when we come to the house of the Lord, there are several yokes, even though you may not see them. You don't see wooden things around the necks of your fellow worshipers and some of the other saints. But I can guarantee you, tonight that some of you came in here and the devil's tried to put a yoke of discouragement and depression upon you the devil's tried to destroy your faith the devil's tried to tell you the answer is not coming but I want to tell you tonight the anointing of the Holy Ghost is in this house I felt it from the very outset of this service and the power of God is here and the yoke of bondage will be destroyed You know, you, you've been in those services before when there's potential for God's power to be unleashed, for the Holy Ghost to flow. That's all that needs to happen, folks. <laughs> and we don't have to jump through seven or eight different hoops. We don't have to do uh, exactly all these things in order to have a church service. When we come to the house of the Lord, when the Holy Ghost starts moving, that's when the work starts getting done. 
You know, a few moments ago when the power of God was moving in the worship service, if you needed to receive something from God, all you had to do is reach out. Right then and there, you could have received from the power of God. Why? How do you know? Because the anointing was flowing. I felt the anointing. Some of you others felt the anointing of God's Spirit. Hallelujah. The power of God had been unleashed, and you could receive from the Lord. Do you know the services I'm talking about? You know there's needs in the house. You know there's things that the devil has been challenging people with. You know that people came in there with that yoke upon their neck. Maybe they're not in sin, but the devil's tried to slip discouragement, tried to uh, place them in a position where they can't believe God, where they've been struggling with something, some secret sin in their life, and they came with that yoke of bondage upon their neck. And you know what happens? Somebody gets up to sing a song. They may have graduated from the Juilliard School of Music. They may have all their P's and Q's perfectly. And they sing one of the most beautiful and heart-rendering songs that has ever been sung. Some people may be moved emotionally. A tear may fall. But I guarantee you one thing. If it's the kind of person I'm thinking about, there ain't no yokes going to be broken. Why? Because there ain't no anointing there. It's just a demonstration of human talent and human ability. Uh, you, you, you can have someone get up there and sing one of the most pumping, fast, fiery rah, songs. And there'd be not an ounce of anointing there. People might get excited. People might jump. People might clap their hands. But there's not going to be any yokes that are broken. But I tell you folks something. You let somebody get up there that can barely carry a tune in a bucket. But they've been in the prayer room crying out to God. They've washed their face with tears and allowed themselves to marinate in the Spirit of God until they're completely permeated. And you let that person get up in an apostolic service where nothing's moving and nobody's moving, nothing's happening. And let them sing a simple song about the goodness of Jesus and all that He's done for them. And you know what happens? Something begins to shake and break. It's not their talent. It's not their ability. It's not their skill. I'm here to tell you what it is. It's the anointing. The anointing is what has power to break every yoke of the enemy. Most eloquent speakers could get up and deliver a finely crafted sermon that follows all the P's and Q's of homiletics. And people can go home and say, that was one of the most awesome messages that I've ever heard. But there can be people that came into the house of the Lord bearing a yoke of bondage, discouragement, depression, iniquity, sickness on them. And they leave the house of the Lord and nothing has happened. Nothing has been broken. Because you know what makes the difference? It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's the anointing of God's Spirit. And when the anointing of the Holy Ghost begins to flow, when the Spirit of God begins to move in a church service, hallelujah, that's when things begin to transpire. That's when things begin to happen. You know what? You may not be the most talented speaker. You may not be an individual that's outgoing and charismatic, but I guarantee you, you can impact somebody's life if you have the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon you. You can make a difference in your workplace. You can make a difference at your school. Why? It's not because of your ability, not because of your looks or your talent. I'm here to tell you what it is. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The anointing. It's the anointing. 
the anointing of God's Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what gives deliverance in the house of the Lord. It's the anointing of God's Spirit. It's the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. That gives deliverance in the house of the Lord. You know, I, I, you're waiting for me to go ahead and preach. I don't have any more to tell you, but the Spirit of God's about to break loose upon you if you'll believe it right now. In the name of Jesus, I wonder if somebody would lift up their hands and begin to cry out to the Lord right now. Lord Jesus, I'm hungry for you tonight. God, I need deliverance. I need a touch of your Spirit before I leave the house of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I wasn't fibbing to you, but I do have something else to tell you. One thing I found out about the anointing, are you listening? One thing I found out about as the anointing was poured out, as it was poured upon Aaron, it flowed upon his head, down into his beard, around his neck and his collar, and then as would naturally take place down his back, his shoulders, and his chest. One thing that we need to understand is the church of the living God. The anointing flows onto the head and down to the body. That means our anointing, your anointing, comes when you're in alignment with that man right there. It's not because he's some kind of high and mighty individual. As a matter of fact, I found Brother Elder to be quite a humble person. But there's one thing about the law of God, and that is the anointing is not going to hit the shoulder or any part of the body until it splashes over that head. And if you're out of line, if you're out of line with the man of God in your life, there's not going to be an anointing that's going to flow upon you. The only way I can have the anointing, the only way you can have the anointing, you've got to get in line with the man of God. You as the body of Christ cannot get out here on your own and get the anointing of God. People have tried to do it before. They get their little groups together and they put on a show. You know what happens? There's no power to deliver because the deliverance comes through the anointing and the anointing's upon the head. You get out from under your head and you're not going to have any anointing. You get out from under the man of God and there's not going to be any flow of God's Spirit. Why? Because it's all about the anointing. You can put on your show. You can have the best music program in town. You can have excitement and fervor. But you're not going to have any delivering power because the yoke is destroyed by the anointing of God's Spirit. It's all about the anointing. It's all about the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God gets flowing, it, the devils begin to tremble. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those that have held you captive long begin to tremble. Those habits realize that their days of dominating you are about over. Their days of directing your life are about finished. Why? Because they know that you're in contact with the anointing of the Spirit of God that comes to the flow of the Holy Ghost. name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
It's all through the anointing. Let's stand our feet at this time. Musicians, come. Nervous, Brother Brown? Not at all. Aren't you nervous that things aren't bouncing off the wall? Not at all. Why? Because we can bounce on the wall all night long. But without the anointing, it's not going to make a difference. There's one thing I know, that the anointing of God's Spirit is in this house. And if you need deliverance, if there's something you've been tangling with yourself, trying to win, trying to find the victory, and you haven't been able to, do you know what? You're not going to be able to find the victory on your own. You're not going to be able to finesse this thing. You're not going to be able to just get this yoke off your shoulders through the power of your own understanding and your own ability. But I'll tell you one thing that will immediately not only take that yoke off, but it'll find a place and it will disintegrate that yoke that once held you captive. I know it because it's happened time and time again. I could tell you some stories. We could have a testimony service right now about the fact that the power of the Holy Ghost as it begins to move, hallelujah, as the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, that every yoke begins to whether it's sickness whether it's disease whether it's cancer whether it's a heart disease whatever the yoke may be whether it's sin in your life whether it's a habit you hadn't been able to get control of whatever that yoke may be you get in the presence of the Lord you let the anointing of the Holy Ghost begin to flow hallelujah and the power of God is there to break every single yoke of bondage God can It's all, it's all about the anointing. I don't know who's here tonight. I don't know what you've been struggling with. There may be things that you're struggling with that you haven't shared with a single person. Things that you've been trying to get the victory over by your own power. There's one thing I learned. If I try to do it on my own, God's going to step back and just let me thrash away and try. found that out when I began preaching. When I first started preaching, I thought I was going to do it on my own. Not consciously thinking that, but I was just going to do everything right. And God was going to, there was going to be a great explosion of God's power. But you know what I learned? Out there thrashing away, not a whole lot really taking place. Then I step back and just let God do it. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's not about me. It's not about my efforts. It's not about my abilities. It's not about you. It's not about your efforts. It's not about your finesse or your abilities to overcome sin. It's about the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And that's what it's going to take to give you deliverance. That's what it's going to take to break that yoke in your life. The power of of the Holy Ghost. You believe what I'm preaching tonight? Believe what I'm preaching tonight? In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus.
Hallelujah. Whether that yoke, the unbelief, the discouragement, be the fact that the devil's been telling you that you're not going to make it. Tonight in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, I feel that the power of God is here. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is here to break, not only break, but destroy every yoke. wonder if God's people could just begin to reach out to Him. Could you lift your hands right now? Could you begin to praise the Lord? Come on, God's people. You don't know the needs that are here tonight. But we can create an atmosphere for the Spirit of the Lord to begin to flow and begin to move in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody tonight that would like a fresh touch of the anointing power of God's Spirit to flow into your life. Hallelujah. So that every yoke that the enemy's tried to slip upon you can be broken. Not only that, so that you can be effective in reaching out to others and impacting the lives of others, not with your charisma and your personality, but with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If you be a visitor, if you be a regular, whoever you may be tonight, if you desire before you leave the house of the Lord this evening to receive a touch of God's anointing power, I want you to begin to make your way up around the front right now in Jesus' name. Don't come up here just to go through the motions of altar service. If that's what you're going to do, just stay there. I want people that really want the anointing of God to be impacted upon their life. Hallelujah. I believe the anointing of God's Spirit is going to flow tonight in Jesus' name. That's it. You need to come down. You need to talk to the Lord. You've been trying on your own long enough. Let God have it now. Let Jesus have it. Turn it over to Jesus right now. Let the anointing of His Spirit flow in your life in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you come talk to the Lord now for a while? In Jesus' name, let God have his way. In the name of the Lord, Shandana. power be unleashed upon us Jesus those that in simple faith will cry out to you right now Lord God
You can unleash the power of your anointing, Lord God, upon lives in the name of Jesus. 